The Hen That Feeds You is an audio drama podcast that follows a linear storyline. That means if today is your first time joining us, first of all, hi, welcome, how you doing? Secondly, make sure that you start with episode one and listen to each episode in order, or you just might miss something really important. Please be advised, this podcast may contain explicit language, adult situations, including sexual situations and elements of horror, as well as other content that may make some uncomfortable. Listener discretion is advised. And now, without further ado, let's jump in to the hand that feeds you. push his eyelids apart. Wow. That hurts. Sunlight filled his hotel room. Rolling over on his back, Max looked down and tried to count his toes. There were definitely more than ten. Damn it. I'm still drunk. The knocking came again. Some bastard stood on the other side of the door to Max's hotel room, intent on pounding as loud as humanly possible. Who's there? Max managed to call out. No reply. Just more knocking. God damn it! Do you know what time it is? It's... Max lurched forward to read the big red numbers on the nightstand's LED alarm clock. It's seven o'clock, he continued as he rolled out of bed, 
collapsing into a heap on the floor. Damn it. Come on, legs. Work with me here. He clumsily rose to his feet and stumbled toward the door. Another knock. All right, all right. Jeez. Keep your pants on, will ya? He said. At the very same moment, he realized that he wasn't wearing any. A quick check of the peephole revealed the masochistic bastard, who delighted in waking people up at 7 o'clock in the morning. It was a young police officer. Shit! What did I do? Max thought about last night. He drank. A lot. But he still remembered everything that had happened. He and Andy had talked. She left. He stayed at the bar until it closed at 1 a.m. He was far too drunk to drive, but sober enough to know that he shouldn't. So, he walked back to the hotel. He could remember that much. So, why would an officer be here, knocking on his door? Mr. Tate, I know you're in there, came a voice from the other side of the door. Max slapped his face a few times in a desperate attempt to sober up. He tried to fasten the chain before opening the door, but gave up when he saw at least three of them. He cleared his throat and opened the door. Good morning, officer. How can I help you, officer? Shit. I said officer twice. Though it wouldn't have mattered. Max was clearly drunk. His sentence came slurring out as if it were one continuous word. Not only that, but he smelt like a human Molotov cocktail. Max forced an awkward smile, as if this were any ordinary morning's conversation. Mr. Tate, I'm going to need you to come with me, please. On what charges? Max insisted. Just put on your pants and come with me, please, sir. The officer was nothing but business. Whatever answers Max wanted, he wasn't going to get them from this asshole. Max threw on a pair of pants, grabbed a handful of water to splash his face, another to slick back his hair, and poured half a container of Tic Tacs down his throat. But now, he felt like he should have taken the whole thing. The officer hadn't put Max in handcuffs, and he had even let Max ride up front with him in the squad car. If Max was under arrest, it certainly didn't seem like it. When they arrived at the station, the officer led Max into a waiting room, gestured for him to have a seat, and left. The station, while in good repair, looked like it hadn't been updated since it was built in probably the 1950s. Pistachio green walls sat atop a faded pine wood floor. Schoolhouse pendant lights hung from the curved plaster ceiling overhead. Max sat alone in a row of old, heavy wooden chairs. The only other soul in the room was a 60-something secretary who sat pecking away 
at an old manual typewriter. She didn't look up when Max and the officer had entered the room. She just sat there, tap, tap, tapping away. Max quickly found himself annoyed by the dissonance caused by the tempo of her typing against the ticking of the old wall clock, which hung high overhead. As his hangover was now in full swing, he cursed the secretary and her stupid typing. Ugh! Shut up, Hazel! He assumed her name was Hazel, because, well, why wouldn't it be? It would be rather fitting with the aged decor of this room. And, well, I mean, she looked like a Hazel. Welcome to Mayberry, he moaned under his breath. The secretary looked up for the first time, rolled her eyes, and fell right back into her typing. Just then, a door flew open across the room. A uniformed officer emerged from a corner office. He was older, stockier, and based on his patchwork, higher ranking than the one who had brought Max here. Mr. Tate, he said in an annoyed tone. Max looked up. The officer gave a come-here motion with his finger before turning and disappearing back into the office. Hazel, it's been a pleasure, Max said, standing up. She gave him a confused look as he walked away. Mr. Tate, please have a seat, said the officer his mustache inching back and forth like a caterpillar on his upper lip and his fat cheeks flapping as he spoke. Max stared at him. Then he looked at the other man in the room. Like the officer, he was also middle-aged, but slender. He was dressed in a brown tweed suit with elbow patches and a boring brown tie. A brass nameplate on the desk read, Raymond Bond, Mayor. Am I under arrest? Max asked. Not technically, no, said the officer. In that case, I think I'll stand. I don't expect I'll be staying very long. Mr. Tate, Raymond began. Sheriff Walker and I have been monitoring your behavior around town. And, I must say, we don't like what we've seen. (sighs) I haven't even been here 24 hours. Well, no, but your accomplice has been here for about a week now. My accomplice? You know damn well I'm talking about Andy Sterling, said the mayor impatiently. The two of you were spotted together at Donovan's bar last night, added the sheriff. My wife reads that incessant garbage that Miss Sterling turns out. The stuff that you shamelessly print. Once the good folks of this town figured out who Miss Sterling was, any idiot with Google could have figured out who you were, the mayor continued. All right, fellas. You got me. Max turned to Raymond. I do know Andy. I do print the stories that she writes. 
but I'm not some tabloid editor. I work in book publishing. Big difference. And last time I checked, visiting a small New England town wasn't exactly illegal. In fact, I thought tourism was supposed to be good for your economy. Well, of course it is, Mr. Tate. Then what crimes have we committed? None, per se. But I think that you... Then what the hell am I doing here? Mayor Bond almost snapped back, but collected himself, then calmly continued. Of course we love tourism. That's not the problem here. The problem is Miss Sterling's behavior. What are you talking about? She's asking questions, said the sheriff. And we don't like it. Max threw his head back and laughed, making light of the accusation. (laughs) Welcome to Mayberry. (laughs) Is this a joke to you? Implored Sheriff Walker sternly. Oh, no. No, of course not, Max laughed. I mean, this, this is serious. What do you think would be an appropriate punishment? Now, personally, I vote for the electric chair. (laughs) Mr. Tate. As you are well aware, Hollingshead has a bit of a checkered past, said Raymond. Max sarcastically faked a look of concern. Oh, really? Hmm. No, I I don't think I was aware of... The very sort of salacious gossip that you like to write about. Again, not my line of work. As you can imagine, these are the sort of things that can damage the reputation of a small town like ours. And we've tried very hard to keep such matters sealed. So you censor history? Max asked. Just the ghost stories. The dreadful, ugly things that don't do no good for anybody, the sheriff chimed in. It's not your job to decide what people should and shouldn't be allowed to know. Max narrowed his gaze at both men. And it's not your job to dig up dirt on a town in which you have no business, Raymond said. In fact, the only story of yours that I'd like to read is one that says that Maxwell Tate, a third-rate editor from New York City, enjoyed an uneventful evening in Hollingshead, Maine, before returning home to New York, where he belonged. And the good folks of town never heard from him. Ever again. Nothing would please me more than to get the hell out of this shitty little town. And as luck would have it, I'm returning home today. Max practically cheered. I think that would be wise, said the mayor. And maybe you're right. Maybe there isn't anything to those old ghost stories after all, Max continued. Of course not, Raymond agreed. But, you know, Max said with a smile, I think there just might be a story here. One involving elected officials using their political position as a means to intimidate those who haven't broken any laws, your words, not mine, in hopes of suppressing public information. The eyes of both men grew wide with this, but they said nothing. 
Actually, Max continued, maybe we should just throw both stories at the wall and see which one sticks, huh? Max laughed, then turned to leave. The silence of the room was deafening. When he reached the door, Max stopped and turned back around for one last word. Oh, by the way, gentlemen, I did find something that I think you'll both find very useful, Max said, shoving both hands into his pockets. The mayor cleared his throat, then tentatively asked, And what is that, Mr. Tate? Max pulled out both hands, each holding up the middle finger. These. I got one for each of you. The Hand That Feeds You is written and recorded by me, Tim Baker. I sincerely want to say thank you for taking the time to listen. If you enjoy the podcast, don't forget to subscribe. I would appreciate if you could leave a rating. That's what helps the podcast appear higher in the search results. And of course, don't forget to tell your friends. There's no better way to promote a podcast than by word of mouth. New episodes will be released every week. And again, thank you for listening. Until next time, stay skeptical.